We are the men in maroon. One is a Salopian and the other loves a day out in the toon. But both of us are united as jambos. We travel from Edinburgh to Dundee to Glasgow. Daz and the Manus, we are going for a footballing tango. Welcome to the Men in Maroon podcast with Daz and the Manus. Coming up on episode 9 of the Men in Maroon podcast with Anas the Manas and Daz the Slopian Jambo. We talk a lot about our semi-final victory at Hampden Park over Edinburgh rivals Hibernian. We preview Sunday's trip to Tannadice as we face Dundee United in our first post-split game of the season. And we also talk about the great achievement of Hearts women as they came away victorious this weekend. Welcome to the Men in Maroon. Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this episode of the Men in Maroon podcast. And I can officially confirm that we, Hearts of Midlovian Football Club, defeated Hibernian in our two Edinburgh derbies. How about that, Daz? Who would have funked it? Me and you, actually, because we both predicted... No, we didn't. I'll take that back. I predicted nil nil in the in the first game. You predicted it. So hats off to you. You you went with two wins and what a pair of wins they were. Second the one the one that we're gonna talk about on this episode wasn't as uh, assured as the first one, but we'll get into that. <laughs> I don't want to put it as assured as the other one. <laughs> yeah, it was that but yeah, we're we're in the Scottish Cup final now, where we will face Rangers, and we're also in the Europa League. Can you believe that? That is that. I, I'm I'm still I'm actually not still can't come to terms with the fact that we're in Europe next season. Competitive. We were playing Queen of the South, Arbroath, and then we could Inverness. play AC Milan, <laughs> AAK Athens. AEK Athens, rather. Um, who else could we play in Europe potentially? Um, Marseille, <laughs> potentially. So I'm just picking clubs at random. <laughs> so I'm trying to think now. Uh, Apoel Nicosia. Loads of clubs yeah. we could be playing uh, later oh. this year. Oh, it, 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 wow. I'm just, I'm just glad that my passport is valid until June of next year. So if I do decide. If we do decide to take the men in maroon abroad, then imagine the that. Imagine there. that men in maroon abroad. <laughs> oh, uh, would would they would they trust us? <laughs> <laughs> will, will, will we be able to do a podcast abroad? I'm sure we can now. Yeah. The technology's evolved, but uh, yeah, no, that that's just incredible, isn't it? That uh, in the space of what um, a year. A year, yep. we've come from the second tier of Scottish football to European football next season. You imagine, imagine saying that when we got demoted. I, honestly, it's it is just extraordinary. I, I know, I know, we're heart of Midlothian, right? We're a big deal in Scotland, right? I know that, but still, I mean, it's still surreal, really, to be honest. Yeah, we were a Championship team. And it, I'll put my hands up. We weren't the best championship team, even though we won the league. We weren't. It wasn't always attractive football like we've got this season. It was sometimes we were winning bowling shoe ugly, as I've heard the term before. So I mean, I think it, anything. It proves that anything can happen in football. It really can. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing is we'll win the Premiership title next season. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> and onto the Champions League. <laughs> Imagine if this happens in a year's time, and then you'll be you'll be telling me, Alice, remember that you said that we'd win the Premiership. <laughs> and imagine we win the Scottish Cup. Then I'll just I would just genuinely. Well, we have to. We have I'll, predicted it, so we have to. So I would just genuinely anything you ever tell me ever again. I will take as the truth. Like I, it, you could tell me, you could say, "Daz, look at look out the window. The sky's bright orange." Oh yes, so it is. 
Yeah, oh, what have they done now? <laughs> exactly. we, we've been called... Um, people, we've been quoted as said that we uh, can tell the future. A couple of people told us on Twitter. And it's, maybe, it, maybe it's starting to come true. Which is quite scary to an extent, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're setting unrealistic expectations. Yeah, but... Saturday, 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 Saturday. Saturday, 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 Saturday. What a day we had. Like, what what it, a day we had. Our first game together uh, ever in the same location. Exactly. And we, got to, we got to soak up pretty much atmosphere nicely. We we stood outside Hamden for a good 15, 20 minutes maybe, just taking it all in. And yeah. As it, it was... It was Excitedly exciting, but also calm outside. Yeah. It, it, again, I wouldn't say it was as calm as at Tynecastle the week no. before, but certainly it wasn't. Nobody was panicking. No, no. people were quite happy, and um, you know we just knew what we had to do. Really, to be quite honest. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. I, I just felt that it was like a. I'm trying to think of. How would I describe it? It was, it was like you were going to a surprise birthday party that you accidentally <laughs> spoiled for yourself. <laughs> oh, you imagine the cake and the the fizzy juice and all that kind. You of just thing. knew it. You knew that was all going to be there, but you were like, right, I'm just going to pretend that yeah. I don't know anything about it. If nah, but it was just I don't know. It was a, it was, the, it was the, a nice the day. Knew out. What they had to do at the weekend, you know, yeah. they, they absolutely knew what they had to do. I mean, it wasn't like. It wasn't like uh, we were we had unrealistic expectations of getting to the final without sounding smug. We we just we just knew what we had to do. You know, we we knew what the aim was and uh, we knew what the goal was and uh, and we we did it. You know, yeah. okay, it was not comfortable in the second half. Let's be absolutely honest about that. No. But we, we we did the business and that that's what really mattered. And uh, yeah, and uh, we've got to also give a big shout out to our fellow fans who um, turned out in force uh, at Hamden. You know, we're talking about more than 20,000 people in the stadium. At least we could fill up our half of the stadium. You know, at least we were able to do that. Yeah. Which uh, is a very basic um, objective, I suppose. Um, So, so, and that was good. And and the, the display before kickoff was just something else, wasn't it? Oh yeah, when I mean, I mean the display. Uh, I mean, I, I also think the atmosphere because when me and you walked through the tunnel into where our seats were, you heard you were just hit. I was. It just felt like you were hit by a wall of noise and a party atmosphere. And then just as the players had walked out, you looked to our left and you saw the brilliant display, the tifo with hea rts just in maroon and white, perfect, crisp looking display I, absolutely I was, uh, it just it just built the atmosphere just went got better and better just just seeing that and all the twirlies the scarves above people's heads oh it was yeah the, the fans made it an even more memorable day than it, than it would have been oh, already absolutely. definitely they, they really did and uh, and if we didn't then I'm, I'm sure we'd been the first to criticize and um, the lack of effort but there was no lack of effort at all it was just absolutely spectacular in fact like the expectations were exceeded really especially with that display just before uh, kickoff and and the and really the the continued support uh, throughout the game um because i think that's what the play, uh, i think i can't remember if this was what we were discussing in the last episode but uh, certainly the players you know will have definitely benefited from uh, the noise we were making uh, just as a support and um yeah, it was just it was just really really important that uh, they, they they fed off the the exciting energy that that yeah. the fans were providing and uh, and we didn't let them down. No, I think people definitely listened to your call to action where <laughs> you said about the twelfth man because oh my we it, it it was constant the volume was unbelievable like it, I, it was it was really 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 brilliant and it was really important as well. I mean it's. You know, I know, I know. We said that I said it exceeded the expectations, but that it was. I think the more I think about it, the more essential it is because at the end of the day, it's just such a big deal. And you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, I do feel there's a whiff of 1998 about this final already, although it's some weeks away. 
you know, we're playing Rangers and obviously this is our third Scottish Cup final in four since 2019. And the, the only time we've not been to the final was last season when we were knocked out by Brora, you know, and and, we knew, and can you remember the lows of that? You know, remember how people were calling for Robbie Nielsen's head and they were saying they, they wanted him out and, you know, they wanted there was all this Nielsen out talk. Um, I'm really glad those calls came to nothing because, I mean, Yes, it was a low, and it was a very, very bad low. I mean, make no mistake about it. But who on earth was going to take his job? Who on earth was going to take his job? And, and you know, how uh, delighted must we all be now that we're in such a better position? And, yeah, you're probably there's probably going to be the odd fan or two out there now. You're still going to say, Nielsen out, Nielsen out. But, mm. but honestly... I think it's Nielsen and Nielsen and Nielsen and Nielsen and Nielsen and all the way. And it was, frankly, before for me anyway, even amid the lows of last season. But but no, I, I'm so glad that my stance was fully substantiated because look where we are now. I think uh, I've, I've read stuff online today uh, from several news sites saying that uh, Robbie is entering talks to see about signing a new deal, which to me would be, I don't, I'm not talking for Hearts fans uh, as a collective, but for me personally, I think that would be as good as as a sign-in in the summer transfer window. If we could get Robbie to sign a two-year deal, for instance, I think nail him on, because this achievement he's done this season, if it wasn't if it, if it was a different division that we played in, he would be getting manager of the season. But I think a lot of clubs will be sniffing around, thinking, "Hold on, let's keep an eye on Robbie because look what he's done. Look at look look at look at the success he's had. His first season back in the Premier League, he's got them to a cup final. I think if we time down to contract, then that will be a massive, massive positive for us going forward." And without being arrogant, I I don't see why we, we, we couldn't achieve that because Robbie is a Hearts man. And uh, it, frankly, there is no better job for him. You know, there is really no better job for him. I mean, the first time he left, he went to England uh, and he came back and he was at Dundee United. Uh, and then he came back to us, even though <laughs> we'd been demoted to the second tier of Scottish football. So clearly there is a special appeal about the role that he's in, and you know, he's one of, uh, he's a former player, uh, and he is hearts all the way. So, I don't honestly see why. Uh, I, if, if, let me put it another way. I, I, I can only see him, you know, sign that new deal. And at the end of the day, I will go much further than that and say, I hope God willing, he stays with us for five, ten years, maybe even fifteen years, because at the end of the day. There is no better place for him. There really is no better place for him. I mean, you know, not. I mean, okay, we're not Liverpool or Manchester City or Chelsea, but we don't need to be. You know, at the end of the day, you know, he's got a great project there um, that he's working on. And for all we know, if he can keep this going and keep the momentum going, and he's certainly the sort of guy who doesn't want to stop and just put his feet up. I mean, he'll want to keep going even after the season, no matter how it ends up. Yeah. Um, Who's to say that he can't take us to uh, further up uh, into a solidified third position in the league? And dare I say this, maybe even beyond and to break up the old firm and maybe topple them. And okay, I know that's a really ambitious ask and it's not easy. And, and, you know, you will need a bit of uh, money and, you know, a a bit of financial, uh, um, you know, backing to get that done but at the end of the day you know he, he, he pointed to the foundation of hearts at the weekend in his hearts tv interview and clearly the reason that's so important for me to mention that is because we the fans now uh, are empowered with being co-owners of the club uh, for those of us that are signed up as contributors every month but you know you're, you've also got that in combination with uh, the european money even if we play in the conference league next season and don't get into the europa league uh, that's still worth millions uh, to the club potentially, and 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 obviously the ticket sales, the sales from hospitality, uh, and, and really the continued support of the club from right across the support. So with all that in combination, there is definitely something really special that Robbie can work on 
long term, not even just for two years, but beyond that. So, no, I, I would be really shocked if he did not sign a new deal. And at the end of the day, I really hope it, he, he, he can keep that drive going for many years yet. And I'm sure if he did, I think he could end up with something really, really special. The only other time I think the old firm have been either broken up or toppled was Alex Ferguson at Aberdeen in the 80s. Yeah. I think if Robbie Nielsen can keep this going very slowly but surely, not too quickly, but slowly but surely, who's to say that he cannot be the real here to Sir Alex Ferguson when it comes to Scottish football? Yep, definitely. I think he's got the potential there. And, I mean, him and Joe Savage, he's got, they've got that, it just seems like a perfect duo to push Robbie's career forward, not just Joe's, obviously getting Joe Savage's name. He is helping to develop Robbie into a bigger, bigger name in football and a better manager. And it's, in my opinion, it's working uh, wonders. And I think that who's to say that if Robbie gets us Europa League group stages next season, when's the last time we had well, it was probably called the Euro- UEFA Cup back then when we got a group stage. I think it, it, even getting even the even Conference League group stages to me is overachieving, in my opinion. For us, if you'd said this to me, I would have said no way. You're talking nonsense. But yeah, it, I think that any I think any of these Robbie people, if you, if you are still one of them. Just, just point I, and laugh at them. I mean, I, I'd like them to come on the podcast because I want to understand why. <laughs> I yeah. want to know why. I don't just want to point and laugh at them and say to them, "Your you, your criticism's ludicrous." Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. It's like I need to. I need now need to know exactly what is going through your head to make you say that. Like, I, I welcome you. We won't judge you. We won't. We won't make you feel bad for your views. Just no, no, explain I to us. Feel bad either. Explain to us. Why? If you want to come on, just let us know. But uh, Robbie, yeah. And what did you think of the goals on Saturday? Oh, they, they were special, weren't they? I mean, they're certainly goals that uh, anyone can play back for years to come. I mean, Ellis Sims, and actually, to be honest, let's let's focus on Ellis Sims' goals first. When you're on a big in a big occasion like a semi final or a final at Hampden. You just have to do that something extra special. Now, obviously, you have to do all of the basics correct. You have to, you know, play uh, to all your strengths on the pitch and score, obviously, no matter how you score. But on a showpiece occasion like this, like the Hearts-Hibs semi-final, and and this will apply as well for the final next month uh, at Hamden when we play Rangers, you just have to do something extra special and out of the ordinary. And we saw... Sims and Stephen Kingsley. Uh, these goals, I have no question, will be replayed again and again and again and again and again online um, or on in the mainstream media. But I'm going to say mainly more online because I think that's how uh, we football fans are now getting our content these days. I mean, I noticed Premier Sports, who are broadcasting the semi-final, put up clips on their Twitter of uh, the goals as they came in. Uh, and uh, I remember on the bus home, um, I'd heard, in fact, even the train yesterday when I was there going, when I was in England uh, and, and came back, I'd, I'd heard, you know, Rory Hamilton's dulcet tones um, getting played. And I, I just assumed it was it was people playing back the clips that Premier Sports put up on their Twitter account of the goals from both semi-finals. But, but I, I, I am going off on a tangent a little bit with that. But. But certainly, the two goals, Ellis Sims and Stephen Kingsley, these are goals that will be played back again and again for years to come. Not just because they were so significant in itself, but because the quality of the goals was just extraordinary. It was absolutely incredible. Ellis took his chance um, and and did not fear uh, or did not hesitate. He just took his chance. And it paid off, and that and that that's what happens, you know. If you take your chances, yeah, not every time they'll go in, but certainly on some occasions they'll go in, and they certainly uh, went in. Uh, that goal certainly went in on Saturday, which was just absolutely brilliant. And Stephen Kingsley's goal, I mean, 
Wow. That will have been rehearsed time and time again in the training ground at the Orium. And and my word, I mean, we I think I actually remember when he didn't initially take the kick to curl it in. I think people around us were just saying, oh, what's he done? What's he done? And then suddenly he just pulled that off out of yeah. nowhere. And, ah, oh, that was just extraordinary. And, and I was, I was one of those people. Off his own goal as well. I was one of those people that was like, what is he doing? Why is he not hit it? And then, oh, wow, he, he has hit it. <laughs> but I think voice alone for the, for the touch back to Kingsley, I think that's ve- gone very, very under the radar because he his pass back to Kingsley was perfect for Kingsley just to be able to swing and hit. So it was it, oh, it was just a it was just a perfect goal and it and it definitely the song watching Stephen Kingsley putting on a show super <laughs> on a masterclass. We've got a jukebox of our own among the heart support, don't we? We really do. Yeah, what a screamer! I, I've I've gone as far as to order online a print. With the commentary for Kingsley's goal, I, 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 last night they went online, and I ordered one recently from Goldframe Prints. I've now got it; it's on its way of that goal. Just so I never ever forget it, even if I'm old and grey and my memory's going, I can look at that and go, Stephen Kingsley was putting on a show that day, and it'll never leave my never ever leave my memories. I don't think it would anyway because I don't think I've seen such a a picture perfect plan come together on a football pitch like Honestly, that goal. It's incredible. It was it was just so well rehearsed, wasn't it? Yeah. It was uh, I, I, and then I think after both goals we me and you couldn't contain our excitement. I think we were hugging, we were bouncing up and down, we were twirling scarves, we were screaming, shouting. It was just amazing. And then as I think I said to you there was a couple of uh, younger fans in front of us and they were ecstatic when we went when the goals went in and I turned to you and said, that is what football is all about. Seeing the future generation of fans get that into it, that they genuinely, they couldn't hide their excitement. It, it was, it, that's what it meant to not just us as fans, but it meant to as a collective of age groups, there was older, older generation, young generation, all came together as one to unite just because not just not, I'm not, that that's un, put in making it sound like it didn't mean much. I'm not going to say just because, because Heart of Midlovian has that effect on us all as a fan group. Yeah, it, it does. And 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 these youngsters will, um, when they grow up to become adults in the next 20 to 20 years or so, uh, when they look back at moments like this, they will no doubt talk about it. I mean, the Heart's... Uh, Heart of Midlovian Twitter page I saw was was putting uh, some uh, highlights from previous years of, of goals uh, at the semi-final stage. And, and no doubt people will have been chatting about, oh, do you remember that time so-and-so scored that goal in the 90s and all that kind of thing. And no question that the youngsters of today will talk about the goals that they saw at Hamden on Saturday. Uh, it, because they, they are definitely memorable goals. They're not just goals in itself. No. They are memorable goals. I mean, they are goals that will be replayed again and again and again, and rightly so. I mean, there were really special goals to play. Um, you know, I, I was talking about um, Aberdeen just earlier on. Um, there is one game that, that I, I know I'm not an Aberdeen fan, but there is one particular goal uh, from Aberdeen in the 80s that um, I, I just, uh, when I see again and again and again, uh, getting replayed or whatever, uh, wherever it, it gets replayed. Um, it, 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 you just look at it and, okay, I wasn't born at the time, but, but but you look at it and you just think it's just so memorable and it's just so extraordinary and it's yeah. just so, um, it's just, it's just so, so um, y- you just, just know that, that, that sort of goal is just associated with uh, um, a, a particular um, occasion. Um, yeah. So it was the goal that Aberdeen scored in extra time, I think, if I rightly remember, to beat Real Madrid, to defeat Real Madrid by two goals to one. Um, I, 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 shamefully, the name of the scorer has just escaped my my head. I don't know if that's just <laughs> if that's just you know me just trying to think of my feet while I'm talking at the same time, but but certainly I can picture it right now in my head and. Uh, the commentary, everything like that. It was Brian Moore, I think, who commentated on that. So the late, uh, it was Brian Moore who uh, used to be a, a well, 
known commentator for ITV uh, in the, the 80s and the 90s. I remember he did the World Cup in 98. I can tell uh, you the ITV. name. It was John Hewitt. John Hewitt, that's it! Oh, hun- well played, does. 112th minute. H- Hewitt waiting in the middle, I think, is what Brian Moore had said. That's uh, and, exactly and, what it says. And um, the, his co-commentator uh, was Ian St. John, uh, wow. who was the former Liverpool player. Uh, Saints and Greavesy fan. Uh, aye, aye, we're definitely going back many decades now, but uh, Ian St. John, um, who... who I think screamed with joy, and you know he's not. He was. I don't think he ever played for Aberdeen. I think he's from Motherwell. Yeah, yeah. He was from Motherwell, and and yet he 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 just knew at that moment that it was so significant for the whole of Scotland because Aberdeen fan or not, that it was just so seismic. You know that Hewitt goal was just so seismic, and and you and you watch that on a documentary or whatever, whatever gets replayed, it's a goal you'll remember for the rest of your life. Um, I mean, my, the company I work for, um, if you go to our Aberdeen office, one of the big things you will see is a big picture of the Aberdeen team from 1983 winning the Cup Winners' Cup. And even now, they still speak about it. Even now, they still speak about it. So, yes, I mentioned Aberdeen, but it was just, it was just random, the first thing that came up in my mind. But, but, but when you see these things, when you see these things... Uh, or these special moments, they, they will stick with it in your mind for a long, long time to come. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that commentary especially will stick in your mind for a long, long time to come. So uh, the late Brian Moore and late Sir Ian St. John, you know, uh, I don't think he's a sir, but, but uh, the two of these people created memories that will last in people's minds for a, a lot longer than the immediate time after the occasion. Um, and, and they still do now. So so no question that, uh, you know, our, our own Laurie Dunsire, who, who commentates on Hearts TV, no doubt that I haven't even played back yet the, the commentary that, that he did uh, for our semi-final on Saturday. But no question that it, it, that should get replayed time and time again because cause, cause Laurie will, will, will put on a show. And no question about that. And I hope that he does so again in the final next month because... And the players as well, and the staff, and everybody, and the fans, because because that's what showpiece events like semi-finals and finals at Hamden are all about, yeah. um, and that's just really really special. Um, so yeah, look, I'm sorry I mentioned Aberdeen. I know they're not Hearts, but but what I'm basically trying to say is by using that example is basically saying you're creating memories that will last for decades to come, and and these young fans in particular, and in, in our in the stands at Hamden on Saturday. They will remember these two goals for a long, long time to come. Uh, they really will. And and I really hope that we get that again in the final in May and it goes our way because, because can you imagine, in 25 years' time, 50 years' time, we'll talk about winning this trophy. I mean, yeah. we still do it now with the 98 Scottish Cup. We still do it. I mean, I was saying earlier, there's a whiff of 1998 about this final. I mean, you, we're talking about nearly 25 years since Jim Jeffries' side won Against Rangers, so yeah, still there, still in there. Even for me, who obviously wasn't a fan then, uh, I I know all about it because of everyone else talking about it. And it, yeah, it's it, I I think it already, even though we're only two days removed from the game on Saturday, the amount of time I've seen those goals floating about on social media, not even just from Hearts fans, I've seen it from just random football fans, these two goals are going to be remembered for a long, long time. And I I think that Stephen Kingsley alone has played himself into talks for Hearts player of the season. And that summed it up. But the fans already loved him. But I think after that goal, it's... And a free transfer signing as well, we've got to remember. He, he didn't That's cost amazing. us any money. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, he, Honestly, superb business. He was on the scrap heap. He, he was... He could have been elsewhere. If we didn't take that chance on him, he, we could have been potentially playing against him rather than having someone this good in our team. And we picked him up as a championship club. And now he's scoring absolute worldies like that in a Scottish Cup semi-final. I mean, uh, to me, I think he is amazing. And that the song that he's got, the putting on a show, I know we laugh and have a, have a joke about, with it and stuff, but 
he really does light up the pitch and he's so versatile in my opinion like he him, sometimes you see him as more tack minded but he's now slotted into a back three and he doesn't look out of place anywhere on the park I think you could happily put him attacking midfield and and he would do a job yeah he's he's, he's honestly so important for us he really is and uh I mean, you know, the business we did last season uh, and the season before has been absolutely phenomenal and is definitely paying dividends now. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, it's it's amazing. That just goes to show that you should never, ever, ever write off anyone's talent because you just do not know what somebody has in them. They've got something in them. And we see that in Stephen Kingsley. We see that in Barry Mackay. Um, and no question that... Um, and the other signings we've had as well, Joe Savage and his staff will have seen something in these players, and they will not sign for us for no reason. Um, obviously, obviously, you cannot get every signing right. Nobody can. No club can ever do that. But seriously, I think we've done not too bad. I think in recent years, and uh, that's been uh, that's been so so crucial. And Stephen Kingsley has created. An absolute wealth of memories this season, no question about it. But I don't want, obviously, if anybody's listening from the club, players, staff, whoever, I don't want them to end there. They've still got a job to do next month at Hampton mm-hmm. in the final. They've got more special memories to create, uh, and uh, that you know they, they've, they, they, I don't want them to just stop there. I want them to keep this going, um, well beyond the final next month and well into next season and beyond because at the end of the day you know that's what football is all about as you as you rightly said does you know that's what we're in the sport that's what we we enjoy the sport for we just want to um we just want to enjoy these special moments and you know talk about them and get happy about it and excited about it for a long time to come whether we're uh, with our mates uh, outside or whether we're uh, at home or even if we're feeling a bit low we just want to you know just look back at these special moments at uh, the Scottish Cup I think their motto is original moments unforgettable moments and I tell you that definitely was the case on yeah. Saturday with the goals that were scored uh, from Ellis and Stephen uh, honestly so uh, that slogan from the Scottish Cup I tell you it's definitely true Definitely true. There's no question about it. Definitely. Only, only thing is, it was definitely true. But how nervous were we that second? Oh, half? Oh, second half was horrible. <laughs> it was awful. It was <sighs> actually really bad. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was, you know, I'm I'm not going to be delusional when I, uh, you know, in my overall analysis of the game. But the second half was horrible. It re- yeah. I don't know what happened to us. I don't know it, what was going on. It was. It. I. I don't know if we. I. I know some of the tactics that we were playing against maybe could have knocked us off our game a little bit because to be to be fair we were getting kicked off the park at times. It felt like to me I was watching karate or kickboxing, not football. But I mean, I think unless that just completely shell shocked us, we, and I know we'd lost a couple of players. Uh, that took knocks and a couple of injuries, which obviously disjoints the team a little bit, because uh, obviously Andy Halliday went off early doors, which just I think completely messed up the uh, plan that we had because we just didn't look the same in midfield for the rest of the, for the remainder of the game, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I was gutted about Andy Halliday actually, really, really gutted, um, yeah. and uh, that was disappointing to see him come off, and yeah. same for Craig Halkett as well. I mean, that was <sighs> horrible. horrible to see him being. Was he was he not put on a stretcher as well? Uh, yeah, came Take, off. wheeled off on a stretcher and straight down the tunnel. But luck one one positive was that he came out at the end on crutches and a boot. Obviously, it's not perfect, but at, at least we know that he was he was fine enough not to be kept in hospital for the duration. So that that was one positive because I was worried, thinking, oh, no, he's going because I think I said to you he's going straight to the hospital and stay in there. But mm. luckily, he didn't. But uh, but looking, at, I know when we were at the game, I called for red card for the fact the challenge on Halkett. But watching it a few more times, I'm not sure if part of it was that he got caught in the turf as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's difficult to it's difficult to actually verify these things until after looking back at yeah. certain incidents in the aftermath. I mean, it's difficult because I mean, when something happens, it's just like 
you react instantly to it, don't you? I mean, you just... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Um, what about Stephen Kingsley? Because Kingsley went off uh, late for Cammy Devlin after he got taken down as well. Cammy Devlin was very, very... That was an incredibly effective sub because clearly when Cammy came on, you know, the players naturally around him were tired. You know, they, they battled very hard during the game. But Cammy came in, fresh pair of legs, and just absolutely took control of the game. And that was so critical. Look, he didn't score, right? He didn't do anything miraculous, right? But I don't think he was expected to. I think he was just expected to come on and just throw his energy onto the pitch. And and, and when he was warming up, you could tell he was eager to get on that pitch. I mean, yeah. we, we, we both saw him numerous times and thought there's got to be some role for him later in the game. Maybe not earlier on, but, but certainly towards the end of the game, there has to be some role for him. And I'm, and, and and he came in and just made his mark. Okay, you know, he didn't have to score, but he just made his mark and just gave us the control and reassurance to just get us over the line. And and he came on and he was the ultimate wind up merchant. He doesn't <laughs> he, he? Yeah, wound up Fortius a treat. He, he, he laughed his way through the time he was on the pitch. He was he, I don't think he was um, loving it. Yeah, he rarely saw him look angry. He was laughing, smiling. There was one point where he won a free kick. And he looked up at the camera and he nodded and laughed at the camera. That's during a game. He he was that chilled out. And I, I just think that just summed up Cammy Devlin for us. Like what kind what a, not just a player is, what kind of person he is that he doesn't take himself or the, or, or anything, any situation as pressure or too serious. It, he comes on and he's there to play football. Yeah, he's there to play football, he's there to have fun, and he's there to you know, fully enjoyed the occasion, and and if he can if he can do all three, then well, you're creating, as the Scottish Cup uh, slogan says, original moments, unforgettable yeah. memories, yeah. and and if if Cammy especially can put a really solid run of good performances between now and the end of the Cinch Premiership season, then uh, who's and I would love to see him on that first 11 in the final uh, mm-hmm. at and his mind probably is going to be focused on that especially because you know he didn't play much of the semi-final and, no. and he'll no doubt want to put in a full 90 minutes at Hamden next month yeah definitely I think that, that that'll be an incentive now to push on and, and maybe it might see him uh, wind in a little bit with his aggression because he might not want to get risk missing any game time because obviously that could be well if I get too many bookings in the league and get put out the side. Someone could come in, come in and steal my place for the final and think, hold on, they've had a good run. Let's start them. So I think we could maybe see Cammy, him mature a bit more as a player as well. I think in these coming weeks, because he'll he'll know what's at stake. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be critical, especially for a big game like this. Again, here's another uh, random example from me, but. Um, it, 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 snooker fans out there will appreciate the, um, you know, the flamboyancy of Alex Higgins, the late Alex yeah. Higgins. Um, but when he won uh, the World Championship in 1982, he obviously had to be a bit, I suppose, he had to just be a little bit more controlled in the way he went about his business. And that yeah. paid off and he... He saw his way to winning the World Championship in 1982. And Snooker, of course, it's an apt time to mention it because the World Championship started in Sheffield already. But again, another random example. You know, you've got your flamboyancy as a sports person, whatever sport it is. But then when it comes to the really biggest of occasions, sometimes you just have to maybe control things a little bit. And I'm sure in Cammy Devlin's case, he's just going to have to do that. But but that doesn't mean uh, he just plays a boring game. Nobody's asking for that. Uh, It just control it a little bit and I'm sure he can go a long way and uh, yeah create again an unforgettable performance and and I'm sure he'll want to do that next month. And also someone who didn't start the game or play the whole game obviously uh, and I said he was start this week but he didn't. Taylor Moore came on and Taylor Moore, what a guy, like he was again like a rock and the, the audacity of him, he gave away a cheap free kick which could have cost us the game but when uh, he pushed over the hips player <laughs> off the ball and just shoved him to the ground as in like, I'm not taking your nonsense. <laughs> pushed him to the ground. That's like, that is the kind of memories that you want, that that'll, that will etch him in the mind. Even if he goes back to his parent club, 
in the summer and we don't see Taylor Moore again at Tyne Castle, we won't forget him, that push and shove that made us realise, yeah, he doesn't like Hibs either. I didn't like how aggressive Hibernian were in the second half. I really did not like it at all. It was just... I know there are rivals, but honestly, I, I thought I thought it was just so disappointing to see the way they played in the second half. I mean, to me, it showed how, it showed that what kind of footballing team they are that they don't have enough quality to match us, so they had to resort to those tactics. That's what that screamed to me. That showed horrible, yeah, horrible to watch. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't you couldn't even say that is that's the kind of game a lower division team would play against a top team because they don't even play. It was just awful and. And after the interviews that um, Sean Maloney had done in the press, saying that uh, about showing respect and that, but because we the way we celebrated to then have your team play like that, it's like well, was was that the stuff he was saying prior to the prior to the, the game? Finals? Yeah, yeah. To then have that to then play that kind of game was a little bit. Hold on, let, let let's see what team tried to play football and which team just turned into a bunch of cavemen just kicking people and and then and then the look on. Uh, Newell's face when he got sent off. I was like, I'm surprised that only one player got sent. Off. I thought a number of your play, your players should have been sent off. I, I'm surprised they never went to to nine men. I think exactly. they were lucky that they were at ten men. Frankly, I really do. I think they were very, very lucky to be at ten men. And yeah. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I don't think we really helped ourselves even when they went when Hibs went down to ten men because we were still uh, for some time okay. The the the, the we weren't as vulnerable after that point, but we were still. I don't think we were making advantage of the no. uh, full eleven that we had on the pitch. But but no, they were lucky to be just down to ten men. And and I'm not I'm not just saying that because you know I'm a Hearts fan and it's Hibs. But honestly, I I thought you should have been down to nine men. At well, least. I had I had my partner's mum, who's not a football fan, but because I was at the game and so was her uh, her granddaughter. She watched the, she watched the game and she messaged me. While I was at the game, I checked it full time, and it it said, uh, "Wow, I didn't realise how dirty one football team could be." She doesn't even; she's not even a football fan, and she noticed that. So I was like, "Well, hold on, if someone who's not an avid football fan even notices that that kind of tactics isn't quite right, kind of says a little bit about the class." Yeah, made them look amateurish, in my opinion. It's just so. It's just so. Bad and it's yeah. so desperate and it's so, uh, it, it, it's just not football. It isn't no. football. Look, I know the Scottish game is probably a bit more aggressive than the game elsewhere in the world, but I mean, I was just just not on at all. It really wasn't on. I I, I think perhaps Hibernian should have been given a memo midway through the second half and told, "Excuse me, this is not BT Murrayfield. This is Hamden." Right, so you're playing a different sport altogether. It's not rugby, okay? Yeah, rain um, it but... in, rain it in. We want, <laughs> we don't, we don't want to uh, populate. I'm trying to think the, even, the, even the, the rugby department. union team isn't that aggressive to an extent. No, it was just. I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm joking. I was, I don't know. I was just, it was it just, just to me showed that who the better team really are, that we can play yeah. football. And we showed that in that first half that uh, we were the better side. We showed the week before that we were the better football inside. And they just showed us why they're a bottom six team in my eyes. That's that they're, they're not, they haven't got the class to finish up there. I've got a question for you. Yeah, go on. Uh, I know, I know you said about um, Cammy Devlin for the fight to play the, to start the game in the final. Where do you see Michael Smith or, and and or John Suter fitting in on the twenty first well, of May. John Suter be back for the final. Do you think? There's rumours that he could be. There's a lot of rumours I've been reading today online. Imagine that he's playing against yeah. the very club he's about to join in the summer. Yeah. Do Obviously, you think... he'll have to give a fully professional performance. I mean, he'll have to give it everything. There's no question about that. Definitely. And do you think? How do how do you view either of them getting? A game time and B, what impact do you think it would have on our team? Having if Michael back? Smith is going to enter the final eleven for the final, he's going to have to get a run of games in between now and the end of the season. Basically, the last Premiership games that we have is basically the opportunity and platform for the players to, to tell Robbie and the coaching staff, "You have to have me in the first eleven 
for yes. the final. Because that's what they're working towards now. I mean, the Premiership, third place is sealed. Now it's a matter of who is good enough to play in the first 11. Sorry, Cammy Devlin started. He started, right? <laughs> you know, God willing, he'll be fine and fit. Um, but he's definitely starting. He, he has to. He has to. Right. So that's that settled. Michael Smith, um, he's going to have to have the opportunity to have a run of games in the final Premiership games this season. There's no question about that. Uh, John Suter will be key, even though he's going to Rangers in the summer. I have no question that he'll put in a fully professional performance uh, if he was to start in the final. And that's really with, And he'll want a winner's medal as well. Especially uh, with Craig want... Halkett potentially missing, I think that would be the perfect like-for-like, like, would be him for John Suter. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, you know, that's essential, to be honest. I don't think there is any other viable option, really, in the context of things. Um, we're talking about the Scottish Cup final 2022 being on Saturday, the 21st of May 2022. So at the time of this recording, that's more than a month away. Okay. So anything could change in that month. But between now and the end of the Premiership season, this is now the window of opportunity for every player to get the message across to Robbie that I want to be in the starting 11, I want to be playing in the final because, you know, they've got to give it their all. Even though we are definitely third this season in the Premiership, there's still points to play for. And if I've done my maths right, I think if we won all of our Premiership games between now and the end of the season, we could even finish with more than 70 points in the table. In third place, and that would look amazing. But of course, this is now the big opportunity to really establish a first team place in that stuff at eleven in the Scottish Cup because that is so so crucial and important. So these chances cannot be taken for granted; they have to be well earned. And that, that is, I cannot state that enough, frankly. No, definitely not. Definitely, I think it's that all eleven. Well, I say probably ten places are, are there to play for because Craig Gordon. I think he's he's got his place pretty much in the bag, but everyone's going to have to play now out of their skins to get a start on May twenty first. And I've got to play out of my skin to get a flight rearranged so that I can be at Hamden Park. You've got the to be there, guys. We need you there. You are the 12th player. Yeah, because uh, at the moment, yeah, I, I, I'm due to uh, fly out on the on the 21st at some point, so I'm going to try and work my magic. Uh, to, I'm yeah. sure you can do it. Yeah, yeah, we've got to be there. It's got to be there. But yeah, that was, I mean, like we kept saying on Saturday, what a day. And I think, Absolutely. Ev- I think a lot, I think nearly every Hearts fan in attendance will also be saying the exact same thing. Definitely. Not just because it was a semi-final win, but it was an end of the derby in Glasgow, and we knew we had to win, and we just knew there was no other viable option, and and we did it, even though that second half was not enjoyable, and even though I had to take time out to recover after that second half. He did have a sit-down that full time. He definitely did. He was like, I need five minutes. I can definitely, definitely uh, say that after we celebrated, Anas did say, right, I just need five minutes. And he sat down and just took it in and had a rest. Yeah, honestly, it was just took so much energy out of me that second half. We just, we really, really, I really hope the players learn from that because that that cannot happen again. You know, I mean, we were very lucky that day, I think. I think luck was on our side that day. And we don't know work in the first half, but... but on another day, it could have been a very different story. And Definitely. I, I cannot even be able to think what that could have been like, essentially. We give, we give him too much respect. Yeah. Way too much respect in that second half. We just Definitely. allowed them to run. And they could have taken the chances on a different day. But they never did. And, yeah, we just, I just don't know what was the thinking. Was it nerves? Was it anxiety? Was it worries about... Oh, can we get this over the line? But 
Yeah, and I mentioned Liam Boyce earlier because if he had scored his chance, different game. It would have been game over. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, I personally thought that it was probably the could have been the the, the work, one of the poorest performances I've seen of Liam Boyce in a while. He, he just didn't seem. I don't know. Didn't what wasn't his day, but he kind of rescued himself by that one pass where he uh, got the assist for Stephen Kingsley. So, and his celebration in the tunnel at full time, singing uh, singing heart songs as he was going back to the changing room. So, and Lee McCullough as well. Did you see Lee McCullough? Yeah, buzzing. oh my gosh, I was the passion in him was just second to none. Yeah, you would have thought that he had played for Hearts all his career. <laughs> the yeah. was celebrating. It was it was amazing. Loved it. it. It just showed that it wasn't just the players on the pitch that meant so much to it, it was everybody that was a part of Hearts. Are you happy that Rangers are our opponents in the final next month, guys? They are they were my pick to to take on because as much as it pains me, Celtic have looked pretty good. Some of their new signings, some of the Japanese players they've got, they they just add something totally different that, that uh, Scottish football does, hasn't seemed to have got a grasp on yet because obviously they've got, they, they play a different style of football to, uh, to what Scottish football's used to and I think that they could have caused us some trouble. So when I, when I saw the score at full time yesterday, I was, well, yesterday being Sunday, I was very, very happy that uh, we were playing Rangers because although we the last time we played Rangers, we got absolutely battered and wasn't a memorable performance for Hearts. I think that we can beat Rangers, to be honest. I think we've got it in us to, uh, if it, even if it's not a normal time, I think we've got it in us to uh, not lose to Rangers uh, come. Maybe a 120-minute game. Yeah, and the fact that they potentially could have a European uh, Europa League final days before they play us, and we play them the weekend before, I think it's I think it, it's a chance for us to just take the game to them and show them, look, we're not rolling over this time. We're we're here to get a trophy. I don't think Rangers, to be fair, will underestimate us really because no. I, again I say this again, there is a whiff of nineteen ninety eight about this final. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because of the two teams that are going to play in it. But you just you know this is our third final since 2019 and we narrowly missed out by the smallest of margins in 2019 and late in 2020. Surely, God willing, we're a third-time lottery. We have to be. We have to be. You know, at the end of the day, we played well on those two occasions and we were very, very, very unfortunate to lose to Celtic. This time, though, We've got to just go do the extra to win, and we've just got to do it. We've just got to find a way to do it. We we'll have, and and the fact that the season we've had, the season we've had, I think, has shown that anything's possible. So let's just go now and don't worry about it for for a couple of weeks, and let's get the season out of the way, and then for that last week, in between the two games against Rangers, let's go out and. Focus on it then and get Scottish Cup back to uh, Tynecastle Park. Absolutely, long overdue. Long definitely. overdue. Definitely. So, Premiership game of the season, defeat Celtic two one. Can you imagine the score, same scoreline, God willing, at the Scottish Cup final, we defeat Rangers two one. Very take, good prediction already. already. I take one nil. I take one nil. You take one nil. I take anything as long as we win. A Rangers own goal, I, I'd be over the moon just to see us listen lifting the cup. And, and to be honest, if I was a Rangers fan and I was asked the question, would you prefer on the Europa League? 999 times. In fact, 999.9 times out of a thousand. In fact, no, not even that. A thousand times out of a thousand, I would say the Europa League. Because that's no ordinary piece of silverware. They win that. And don't get me wrong, there is a realistic chance they could. If they could make it to the final, um, and win the final. Uh, I honestly think they will not just win a trophy for the sake of it. They will no. win a trophy that will be spoken about, that triumph will be spoken about for the rest of people's lives. Yeah, definitely. You know, like Aberdeen, you know, with the Cup Winners' Cup in 1983. 
It'll be 2023 Rangers won the Europa League. And that'll be a huge deal. Massive. Definitely. So, if I was to pick between the two, and if I were a Rangers fan, I would say Europa League. Absolutely Europa League. And I'm not yeah. just saying that because, you know, they're playing us in the final. But, but honestly, you'll be talking about this for 30, 40, 50 years to come. You'll have uh, annual parties celebrating winning such a major trophy. And it'll be huge for this country. Be massive for this country, even if you're not a Rangers fan. Be huge, and yeah. even across the UK, there's fans in England, Wales, Northern Ireland, across the rest of the world. Be a massive thing. Why would they all want to win the Europa League? I mean, I know they've got a tough opponent, but they've knocked Dortmund out earlier on in the tournament. Who's to say they can't do it? I think Rangers can do it. I think they should yeah. definitely. That's the priority number one: win the Europa League. Not just because uh, you know they're playing us in the final, hard, but but seriously. That is that is a lifetime of memories potentially achievable. So no, if I was to pick between two, uh, as far as Rangers are concerned, Europa League definitely. There, there's yeah. no debate about it, none at all. Definitely. There we are. Clear. Well, we bake our first game this weekend. Coming the first post-split game of the season away at Dundee United, and it's looking like ninety-nine point nine percent. More than likely a hundred percent by the time this is this has been released that the men in maroon will be at Tanadice on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a big game. Big game. Uh my question first is before we go into the game, do we do you think we'll rest any players? Um that's a great question actually. Um I I think probably just one or two to be honest. I don't think we're going to dramatically rotate this squad. Um, I know people will say, why play the strongest 11 when we've settled third in the Premiership? But I don't think we've really got a luxurious amount of leaving. We might have a little bit, but I don't think we've got too much to be quite honest. No, definitely not. I, I think you might not see Andy Halliday you might not uh, push, maybe not Stephen Kingsley, just because they took knocks. Thank goodness we do not have Hibernian again this season. Yeah, that's gone. <laughs> that's done. That's as tribal as I'm going to get. Yeah, I just think I I think that I think that if we I'd take a draw away at um, Tanadice. I think that'd be a. a, a yeah. A fair result, it, it, a, a draw and a clean bill of health. Yeah, exactly. Just get through the game and uh, let one or two of our youngsters have a chance as well and see what they can provide. Um, yeah. Maybe not necessarily for the cup final, but certainly uh, uh, for the future because uh, there's a window of opportunity there. Definitely. And I mean, at, uh, what we've got to take into the game as well is at the moment we're unbeaten in eight games as well, league and cup. So we've got. Yeah. We've got form going, and we shouldn't really be scared of of anyone at the moment. That that form, we should we should go to every game thinking, right, we could get something out of this. So I mean, going to Tanadice, going to to Dundee United, I think we should be going there looking at not just getting a draw. I think a win. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, if we win every single one of our league games between now and the end of the season. We will finish on more than 70 points. Yeah. And that will look incredible on the table. I, I don't think it's likely, but I, why not go for it? Never say never. That's it. Never say never. As this season's shown, we, we can't say that nothing's, something's not going to happen because the extraordinary's already happened. <laughs> so we, we, I mean, we're only three points now away from that magic 60 number, which yeah. if it when we first started the podcast nine weeks ago, we were saying, right, we need to get to 60. We need to get 60. Now, now with uh, five games to go, we've got, we've, we're three points away from it. It's 70. Exactly, 70. Why why not get 70 points? Definitely. Absolutely. What's your, what's your prediction? Uh, good question. Uh, I'm going to go for an outrageous scoreline. I'm going to go 3-2 hearts. 3-2? Ooh. I'm only going 1-0 hearts. Oh, don't say I, that. I don't want a boring 90 minutes. I think we're going to be a little bit 
knackered from the game we've had at the weekend. And I think it'll just be like, let's just go in, get the three points, get back to Edinburgh. So I think 1-0 and then Ellis Sims will be riding on the high from his goal at Hamden. I think he's going to score another goal. It might not be as such a worldie, but I think he's going to add to his tally. Yeah, I think so. Might even get a brace. Yeah. Who's your Go on, goal scorers? So you're going for Sims to get a brace? Yes. Oh, Sims too. Nice. And your third goal scorer? Barry Mackay. Oh, beautiful. We were both one goal shy last week with our predictions. We both said 2-0. Uh, and I didn't get any goal scores correct. You got one of the two. You said Sims to get the first. And he got the first. So, I mean, you, you, could you be? Could you go all the way this week and get a, get a result and and all the scores? <laughs> well, as long as they win, that's, that's, <laughs> that's all right. That's absolutely fine because predictions are just a bit of fun. Yeah, they're a bit of fun. It's uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think it might be a bit of a surprise in the sense that uh, it'll be a bit of a free-scoring run because the pressure will be off to some extent for both sides. Yeah. Um, but, um, no, I think we get the one. Uh, and uh, we'll see uh, a nice afternoon out and that's, uh, that's what really matters. Definitely. Uh, and also, I noticed I'm going to get it right this week. It definitely is right because I've, I've, I've checked numerous times that Hearts women beat Aberdeen 1-0. Don't oh you dare yeah! Tell, don't you How dare tell me! That? Don't you dare come in now and say no, no, Aberdeen won one 0 Not like my last. No, power. no, you're right. You are absolutely correct. Um, they won one nil. Uh, Hearts women, and that's the second time this season they have won at Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Second time this season. Absolutely incredible achievement because that is not an easy place to go and win. No. Um, it really is. I know Aberdeen only just got promoted last season, but, but still, they're a good, good team and they're above us in the table as well. Um, so, you know, that is not an easy place to, to win. Great um, three points. What an absolutely brilliant result that was. Um, Amy Anderson scored the winning goal for us uh, on the 36th minute. And uh, that was enough to seal the victory. And uh, that team photo on the Hearts Women Twitter was phenomenal. I, I yeah. had a huge smile on my face yesterday when it, uh, I was on the train back to uh, Scotland. Uh, it just looked. It, it just looked. It just showed to me looking at that picture. It just screamed unity. Oh, without question. Yeah, we are a team. We're together. We will. We will put it all on the line for one another. That's what Absolutely. to me. That's what that showed. Oh, it was just fantastic. It was really, really brilliant. And uh, that's that's just superb. Um, so, well well done to uh, all of the team. That's just absolutely superb. Definitely. That puts such a big smile on my face after uh, uh, watching another 2-1 win uh, this weekend. The 2-1 weekend for me personally. Newcastle defeating Leicester at St. James's Park. I um, can't say before. that because my other team threw away a 3-0 lead today. Oh, we Bruce were 3-0. Three 0 up at half time against Doncaster, and I was expecting a cricket score. No, we lost, we drew three each. <laughs> oh, we're already geez. safe. We can't get we can't get relegated. So we've only got two yeah. games left. So not well, okay. But hey, this isn't a Shrewsbury podcast anyway. This is H E A R T S. But no, uh, I is there anything else that you want to squeeze in? I think we've just been chunky. We're going to play Glasgow City this weekend at Ooh. Big Ask in SWPL one. Uh, uh, and of course. Our next episode will no question be uh, a really, really important one because it will be probably the last one before Hearts come and play Celtic in the Biffin yeah. final. Um, Definitely. So, uh, and we uh, are working on one. we are working on getting a Hearts women's player. We're, Definitely. We're, we're a quarter of the way there. But quarter we, of the way we, there. Will, we will persevere. We will try and get there. But Definitely. no, I, I think... I'm looking forward to uh, this weekend, another game that we get to watch together. Definitely. Hopefully. And once hopefully, the tickets are sealed. <laughs> once they're in the bag, we might not have a nice, have a, have a video like we did for the semi-final ticket because it, there'll probably be, it'll probably be a virtual transaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This time but, anyway. Um, exactly. uh, yeah. 
that was a, that was a special occasion Saturday though. Our first ever game ever treated together. So um, yeah, that that and it was probably the perfect occasion. That memorable in that sense because of the result. Yeah, definitely. It, it also reminds me of the time that I went to my first ever Edinburgh Derby in 2018, and we won by that exact same scoreline. And I still talk about it to this day because you know your first Edinburgh Derby is a win. Wow, you can't... so much. Yeah, I think we yeah we won mine as well two 0 so I, yeah, I was the same. We I went to a I I, I saw a victory. So we're both seeing victories and our openers. And oh, I just, I just think this season is amazing. It's been one of my favourites as a heart 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 supporter. And long may it continue. Absolutely, definitely. So unfinished business this season. So uh, um, definitely still got a way to go. So uh, let's keep it going. Let's absolutely keep it going. And on that note, um, good luck to. Hearts men on Sunday against the United at Canada. And good luck to Hearts women against Glasgow City at the Orium also on Sunday. It's a shame that the two games clash, but uh, oh, it's just one of these things, isn't it? But exactly. certainly, season carries on. So uh, there's unfinished business uh, for both sides. So uh, good luck to them as well. And uh, the last thing I'll say as well is, uh, am I right in saying that Stephen Naismith's side as well have a cup final later this month? Yeah, we do. It's a midweek. It's a Wednesday night, I believe, at Hampden Park against uh, Rangers as well. <laughs> so yeah, you can get you can get tickets for the game. I believe I don't can quote you? me. Yeah, I, I think it's eight pound for an adult. They're available online now. So I am at, the word that I it's a word it's a term I use from when I lived in Shrewsbury. I'm umming and in whether to go. 27th of April, 7.45pm yes. kickoff, Scottish FA Youth Cup final at Hamden. Yeah. Um, guys, see, after we come off the recording, you're definitely going to have to tell me where to buy tickets because I'm going to see if I can go. Okay, we will, we, we'll get this sorted. Definitely. Hopefully. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah we, we need to. We need to support all of the teams, not just the first team. It's a, it's a combined effort. Definitely. Absolutely. But no, I mean, thank you all for listening, as always. And uh, as we said, anybody that is a Robbie out, give us a shout, and we will more than happily speak to you on the podcast. And thanks for another episode, guys. And good luck to all our teams this coming weekend. Exactly. Mon the hearts. Mon the hearts, indeed. Thanks for tuning in, folks. And uh, keep your uh, lovely feedback coming, positive, negative, or neutral as well. We appreciate it in every possible way. And uh, we'll chat with you the next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.